The gospel reading for this morning comes from John's gospel, beginning in the 17th chapter at the 6th verse. And John wrote these things, Jesus speaking. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, so sanctify them in the truth, and your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O oh God of love, our silence is noisy. Our minds are filled with distracting chatter, our thoughts focused on problems, and our eyes bombarded by temptations. How hard we find it to be still and rest in your holy and healing presence. How hard we make it by driving ourselves to busyness and fatigue. God of love, usher us into your holy presence. Teach us words to pray and silences to keep. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. You know, the world can be a difficult place. Down in Kentucky, our nation has a very special place designed to protect our gold supply. Do you know what it's called? Yeah, Fort Knox. That is where our nation keeps most of its gold. More, gold has, more than gold, though, has been stored there over the years. Fort Knox has also held the Magna Carta, the Gutenberg Bible, the English Crown Jewels, as well as the gold reserves of several other countries. And on December 26, 1941, the nation stored the original U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence there 
until they were moved to Washington, D.C. on October 1st, 1944, where they have been on display ever since. So why is Fort Knox such a special place, such a good place, do you suppose, to store valuables? Well, because it is quite literally a fortress. It was built to be impossible for anybody to get inside of. It is made of granite and steel and concrete. Some say that it has more steel in it than gold in its vault. The vault is made of steel plates, steel beams, steel cylinders, steel bands wrap around everything, and then concrete encases it all. The vault door alone weighs more than 20 tons, and getting inside without authorization is nearly impossible. Even the President of the United States does not have the combination to the vault. Sorry. <laughs> to open the door, several staffers must each dial separate combinations known only to them. And on the outside, there is a sentry posted at the entrance gate and a guard box at each corner of the building. And then there is the imposing steel fence that surrounds the whole property. And in addition, I could tell you about all of the high-tech protective devices in the building, but the government agency told me that if I did that, well, you can guess what I'd have to do to you. The point is simply this. The more valuable an item is, the more trouble folks will go to to protect it. Please notice that Fort Knox protects our gold supply by locking it away. It separates it from humankind by walls made of concrete and steel. And it is guarded by soldiers who have instructions to shoot to kill. It is not a friendly place to be if you do not belong there. Now I ask that you hold that thought for a minute, a minute as we look at our text for this morning. Jesus prayed, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one, while I was with them, I protected them. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. As Jesus was praying, the main focus was that we should all be protected. Jesus wanted God to shelter us, especially from the evil one. So we need to ask, just how does God go about defending us? Does God lock us away from the rest of the world? Does God surround us with walls of steel and concrete? Does God set up armed guards all around us to protect us from the evil one? Well, yes and no. Now, Jesus asked that we not be taken out of the world, and you might make a case that God had done that before in Israel's history. Genesis tells us that God went to a great deal of trouble to send Israel down to Egypt during the days of drought, during the days of Joseph. And there were only about 70 or so of them at that time. But once Jacob and his sons 
moved to Egypt, they were given a special land, Goshen. And that is where they lived for the next 430 years or so. And Israel was set apart from the rest of the world. They even had very limited contact with the culture of the Egyptians. God created a cultural barrier between these two peoples, and Israel was still a relatively pure cult. They practiced their religion, largely untouched by pagan influences of the day. So when God had Moses go down into Egypt to lead Israel out of slavery, Israel was emotionally and mentally up for the challenge. They were prepared to be the people of God and God only. Now surely God could do something similar for us. Once we were baptized into Christ, God could have whisked us off to some isolated land. I don't know about you, but I'd opt for a cabin in the woods on a stocked lake myself. But it would be wonderful for God to take us out of the world and all of its temptations. But it is not what God had in mind. Jesus prayed that we not be set apart that we not be physically isolated from the people around us. We are to live in this world, but not be of this world. That's confusing, so let's look at it. So how does God protect us? Here comes a big word. Well, God sanctifies us. And sanctification, it's a big word that really just means set apart. For example, if you turn around and look, the people in the balcony this morning are sanctified. They are set apart from the rest of us. The kids who left for sprouts are sanctified. When I'm up here preaching all by my lonesome, I am sanctified. Anyone who is separated from the rest of us is set apart. They are sanctified. But as simple as it sounds, it's a powerful tool that God has given us to allow us to be protected. While being sanctified, while living in the world, we are freed up to, do God's ser- to be God's servants to those around us, to do God's work to those around us. Now you might ask, well, how does it work? And this is the best way I can think to explain it. It's kind of like this. How many of you drove to church this morning? Just about everybody, especially in the rain. You know, your car, it's a wonderful thing. It helps you go to church, to the grocery store, a friend's home, or just to drive in the country. Your vehicle gives you almost total freedom to go anywhere and do anything. And I don't care the make or the model or the year or the color or the engine. It's just a wondrous invention. But driving a car can also be quite dangerous. The force of running your car into a tree at speeds of 65 or 55 miles an hour, I'm told, has roughly the same effect on your body as if you were to fall out of a sixth or seventh story window to the ground. And they do tell me that it's not the fall that kills you, it's that sudden stop. Now over the years, people who have created cars, made cars, have also created ways to protect us from this kind of danger. What kind of devices does your car have that can at least minimize the danger of a serious crash? Seat belts, airbags, bumpers, and all and on and on. On top of all of that, you are literally encased in a metal box that sanctifies you while you are driving down the road. You are set apart from the rest of the world. You are in the world, but not of it, while you are in that car. And that is what sanctification does for us. 
When God sanctifies us, God sets us apart from the dangers of the world. We're free to live in this world, but not of it. We are not locked away in a closet somewhere. We're not walled off from the people around us that need to know about the love of Jesus. We are free to be God's servants in a lost and damaged world. So on this Mother's Day, this UMW Sunday, we are grateful for the women in our lives. And we share the common experience of having been born into this world. Each of us had a mother. Whether we knew her well or whether we never knew her at all, it is an experience that we all share. Someone cared enough for the idea of you that they literally shared pieces of themselves with you for your journey to begin in this place. And the love that is inherent in giving another the precious gift of life is so much like the love God has for us. Through our journey's beginnings and the love and patience and dedication of a mother through our birth and our never-ending search for meaning, God has set us apart, sanctified us, to be loving examples of the care of Jesus to the world around us. Now baptized and sealed with God's promise, you are free to live in this world while not being totally of it. We all journey back towards home, loving all we can on the way and enlarging the kingdom by just being present in this time and this place with all the others who walk alongside of us. To God be the glory, this day and always. Amen.